Love bombing. When you first meet someone, being swept off your feet can feel fun and exciting. Having someone shower you with affection and admiration is especially exhilarating when you're in the beginning of a new relationship. Love bombing, however, is another story. It happens when someone overwhelms you with loving words, actions, or behaviors as a manipulation technique. It is often used to win you over, win your trust and affection so that they can meet the goals of their own. Some of the classic love bombing signs, if you recognize any of these, it doesn't mean your partner is, is toxic, but listen to your intuition if the person is trying to word you, woo you over if this seems too good to be true. They lavish you with gifts. They can't stop complimenting you. They bombard you with phone calls and texts. They want your undivided attention. They try to convince you that you're their soulmates. They want commitment and they want it now. They get upset when you place boundaries. They're very overly needed. You're overwhelmed by their intensity. You feel unbalanced. The bottom line. If you're in the earliest stages of a relationship and everything feels like it is happening too soon, check in with yourself. Remember, falling in love should be savored, not rushed. I am writing today to talk about love bombing and how I was affected by it. A couple of years ago, I met an individual who I became smitten with at the early stages of the relationship. I was the attention of his morning texts, afternoon texts, evening texts. I was the I received his undivided attention through the various forms. If it wasn't a poem, it might have been a picture of something beautiful. It could have been a song. It also was a sexual or intimate picture. During the course of the day, it was not unusual for me to receive six, eight, ten texts from him checking in. I had never been so overwhelmed with a person's attention. After a couple of months, he was talking about being soulmates, twin flames, best friends, forever love. I was totally smitten because I was feeling the same way. As time went on, I became hungrier for his attentions. I was addicted to his attentions. I loved the feeling of being loved. No one had ever treated me this way. I remember once I was dating a man, and that man told me he loved the way he felt when he was with me. I had made him feel special. Years later, I now understood what he meant. I was the object of someone's attention, and I loved the way I felt. I was really unfamiliar with the terminology love bombing or how it correlates to a narcissist. I thought my involvement with this re relationship was a testimony to at long last I was in the right place at the right time. I often would shake my head at how I felt I was walking on air. He looked good on me. He made me feel alive. He made me feel wanted. He made me feel desired. They say that when they do this, it's called the idealization stage. In reflection, 
I look at this as a little bit of that idealization, idealization stage, but mostly I look at it as he wanted me to fall in love with him. He was desiring that I would be in love with him. My feelings were real. At the beginning, two months into the relationship, he asked me if I would ever consider getting married again. Most people that know me know that I was in a very long-term marriage and that I vowed I would never get married again. When he posed the question, I thought, shouldn't we be dating a little longer? He said, yes, of course. I just wanted to know what your posture was. Would you ever want to get married again? And I answered, well, if I go to a mental institution and have my bachelorette party, and it's there for the weekend, and all my friends come, once the party is over, they can veto whether or not I should be getting married or not, because that was my posture. I would never remarry. He said, would you ever remarry again? My compliments would be, are you asking me? He indicated, yes, I am. I said, I guess if I were to get married again, I would probably want to get married too. His response was, good to know. Let's put it on the back burner. But then I said, getting married involves a certificate, a commitment, a ring. Wouldn't you want me to be there without the, com the commitment certificate and ring? Wouldn't you want me to be there because I was in love with you and I wanted this place in your heart and yours in mine? He said, that would work too. We both agreed it was very early in the relationship and it wasn't the proper time to be discussing this, that we needed to venture up and date a little more. Through the course of the next several months, COVID was taking place. And as a result, we didn't get to see each other very often. People were afraid. People weren't going out. People weren't dating. So my relationship with him became even more special because he was there. He was in my phone. He was virtual. I was doing Zoom on every level for business. Of course, you do Zoom dating. People were talking about that, where you'd sit down and have dinner together, have a glass of wine together, and learn about each other. We were no different. We were doing very many of the same things, whether it was texting or chatting, we were talking often. I became well aware of what his needs were, and I think he must have become well aware of mine. They say that narcissists look to empaths. They pull out of them the things that they need, whether it's to fill their ego or to fill the void of what love they are missing. I always felt that he had a guarded, piece of him. When I asked him about it, he indicated no. Like many of us, he had been married and divorced. With that comes a lot of pain, both emotional pain and financial pain. As you start getting out of that and stabilizing, you learn to get back to the place that you were. Not a hundred percent, but you strive to get back to the balance of what you are or were prior to a broken marriage or a broken relationship. I didn't realize it at the time, but I have always been 
a long-term relationship dater. I didn't realize that I don't date just to date. I date more for the long-term connection. As I think back on that and reflect, I really don't understand why I do long-term relationships. I'm not looking to get married again. I'm not looking to move in with someone. I'm certainly not looking to have their children. So why would I want a long-term relationship? Why wouldn't I just not date? I think I liked the comfort of being a one-woman man and a one-man woman. I liked having someone I could talk to and fill in what my day's events were. The physical connection to us was very strong. Although we didn't get together a lot during those first COVID months, our conversations, our emotions, our feelings were exchanged often. I really felt that I was connected. I admired this man for how hard he worked. I admired him for his work ethic. I admired him for his relationship that he had with his sons, how devoted he was as a dad. I loved the way he treated the women in his life, his mom and his sister. He had been without a dad from a very young age in life. His dad was a very important man in his life. And although his dad wasn't there to watch him grow up, I felt that his dad had a significant role in the man that he was. Kind, caring, loving, devoted, very special man. I had never been with anyone who possessed all of those traits. As time went on, our emotions grew, our feelings grew. We talked very so often about having a house together living in New Jersey, having a farm with chickens and horses where his sons could come and visit, having a barn where I could do my health and wellness practice. It all seemed to fit just right. I had never wanted to be in a position where I was waiting for someone to come home to me. So my sensitivity was such that his early morning departure for work due to a one-and-a-half-hour commute, and his late return at night, often 9, 9.30 at night, was something that I knew would affect me because he would be leaving to go to work and coming home so late that the energies and efforts to be a couple would be strained from that if we lived together. I was in no hurry to have that happen. And once again, because it was a COVID world, Life was just starting to restore itself. He was somewhat against having the vaccine, and I was fearful of being around people who are not vaccinated. As soon as the vaccine was released and I was eligible to get it, I rushed out and I had my first and second shot. COVID was starting to really accelerate again due to the Delta variant. We had just returned to work in New York, and it was once again before us. I worked in three studios in New York, and I worked in three studios in Connecticut. I felt like I was around a lot of people, and even wearing the mask, I was still fearful. Fearful of being exposed or in a situation where if I were to get sick, I would lose revenue, 
and I would also be unable to be taken care of by family members. I often thought that we should have had more time together, but the ability to carve out more time was very difficult, giving up, given our schedules, our many days of work. As a divorced dad, he had his boys every other weekend. On the weekends he didn't have his boys, he had work. I worked every weekend, and as a result, the intermittent time where there may have been an opportunity to get together, it would be on his day off, which was a day I had a full schedule. I felt connected to him on so many levels, peaceful levels, calm levels. The, po the poems that he sent, sometimes they were black and white, and sometimes they were very gray. They were deep. I thought, wow, he's taking all this time out during the course of the day to text me, to let me know what he's thinking of, to send me beautiful poems, to send me memes. If he was listening to a new song or a special song, whether it was The Weeknd, whether it was Mikael, it could be a Luther Vangross, it could be a Whitney Houston, it could be New York freestyle music. He just kept the interest coming, the adoration. He didn't spoil me with a lot of gifts. He spoiled me with his attention. It was the first time in my life that I wasn't the wind underneath someone's wings. It was the first time I was experiencing the lift, the upbeat feelings, the pep in my step. I wasn't sure at what point COVID was going to wind down or if there would ever be more time to spend more time together. After about 18 months in our relationship, he indicated to me that had I ever thought of moving to Connecticut, that if I was in Connecticut where he worked, I would be closer to him and that he would see me much more often. As I lived in New York in a community that was further away than he thought was easy to navigate given work, given his boys, given the fact that he lived in another state, and given the fact that it was just grueling to leave work at the end of the day. I believe in my life, it was time to make changes. I had lived in the area, I had lived in New York for five years. I was working in two states. It was just as easy to move to a different area in Connecticut where there was an equal travel distance and I would be able to navigate the three studios in Connecticut and the three studios in New York. So I looked, found a place and moved. In August, I thought the move would bring me closer to him. Unfortunately, there was something going on for him that I wasn't aware of. He was involved with planning his future home for two years in New Jersey. He had been living in an apartment for eight to 10 years and he wanted more space so that his sons could come visit, more space so his family could partake in, more space that he could have a pool and that they would be able to come in the summers and enjoy their home. I knew that he was often looking for houses. I would ask every once in a while on his day off, what are you doing today? 
He would indicate that a, the realtor had called to allow him to look at a house and he would go look at it. Because of COVID, the price, prices of houses were increasing and the down payment that he had saved for his home was probably shrinking as it related to the value of home prices. Interest rates were amazingly low. So he wanted very much to have a house. I knew I didn't necessarily want to have a home in another state. I knew my life was still going to be evolving in the Connecticut and New York area. So when I went to my newest apartment, I signed a lease for two years, thinking that two years would give me plenty of time to come out of COVID, to get a better handle on dating, and um, to deepen the relationship and um, context of our relationship. The poems, the love bombing, the memes, the songs, the admiration, the desires, the fantasies still continued. There was never any lapse of any of those activities. He did a really good job of pulling me in. He did a really good job of making me feel loved. I thought I was giving him what he needed. I thought that my calmness and composure and my not demanding anything of him was keeping him balanced and calm. Often we would have conversations and the gist of the conversations was how better he was as a result of our relationship, how much more grounded he was and calm. It was exactly what he needed. It wasn't difficult. There were never any fights. I realize now I probably made it too easy. I realized that without requesting much from him, he had the ability to be in two relationships at the same time. He rarely used my name in a text, so it was very easy to send the same text to two people. I'm pretty sure he was doing that. I'm pretty sure that although I thought I was the 100% of his attention, I was only half of his attention. In retrospect, I'm not sure who was first. I wasn't sure if I was the other woman or she was the other woman. In time, I learned about the other woman and through the most unusual way. My detective styles came in front of me and I ironically found he had purchased a home in the state he had been looking at and the home he had purchased, he had purchased with her. I was shocked. I was disappointed. I was bewildered. There were no signs of this other woman in our relationship. I didn't even know how he had found time to have somebody else. When I immediately presented it to him, he unfortunately shut down. He shut down everything. I had sent him an email really indicating how hurt I was. I knew that he had cared. I didn't know that he didn't care enough to let me know what was going on and to have honesty and integrity as this relationship was crumbling. One of the beautiful pictures he sent me had a woman 
with her head down and a man was putting a necklace around her neck and he was clasping the necklace. And the quote said, honor her, love her, respect her, cherish her, be the man she needs you to be and she will be the woman you need. That speaks volume, that says it all, because that's what it was.